Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, somebody right now, could you just raise your hands and wait on him? The prophet was waiting for a whirlwind. He was waiting for an earthquake. God didn't speak to him in that he came through a whisper. It was that whisper that God began to speak direction to the prophet. I know right now the presence of God is in this room, but I feel like it's a whisper right now. That God is speaking to somebody, there is hope. Come on, there is still a future. Don't give up. Don't quit now. I know you feel overwhelmed, but you need to say like the psalmist did, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? You guys know we're going to, oh, what a beautiful presence of God. I kind of feel like maybe this is the presence they felt in that stable, in that manger, that nativity area when the first time ever God showed up in human form he began to dwell among us salvation came to all humanity have you know if it hadn't been for Jesus I think everybody I know of in this room we had no access to salvation none we weren't we weren't born into this it is not a birthright I'm not entitled to salvation but because of what took place 2,000 years ago while the cattle were nearby and the donkeys were in the stable and Mary gave birth to that baby boy, I I was birthed into the kingdom of God. The hope, the hope that I could be birthed into the kingdom of God, amen, came to dwell on this earth. Anybody thankful that 2,000 years ago God became humanity? God became flesh? Amen. Amen, amen. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful job by the choir. Can we just give them a hand clap? I know they've been practicing. Amen. And also to my wife for her leadership with the music department, music system. Give her honor. Brother Andre, his leadership with the musicians. Sister Jess Johnson for her leadership with the vocals. I mean... I'd put this choir up against any choir out there. That, I mean, they sounded amazing today. And the anointing, the anointing, the worship that was there. Not that, not that we're competing, I'm just saying. So I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas today. I want to challenge you. Enjoy the next few days. Enjoy the next week or so. Is that Damien? Good to see you, Damien. Merry Christmas, buddy. Uh, remind you again that midweek service this week will be Thursday at 5 special candlelight Christmas Eve again all the kids Bo all the kids I thought I saw your eyes earlier when I said that saw some mischief back there all the kids wear your PJs if you would like to if you can and uh, again we're going to be giving my wife and I are going to be presenting just a small gift to the children I was reading about two young brothers that had gone to spend the night with their grandparents right before Christmas and Grandparents hadn't bought them a gift yet, so the younger of the boys, five or six years of age, he wanted to make sure 
that they knew what was on his list, so they knelt down beside the bed to pray their bed night, their bedtime prayers, and began to thank God, you know, thank you, Lord, for keeping us through the day. Thank you, Lord, for your hand of protection. Thank you for blessing mom and dad and grandpa and grandma. And then they started praying for their Christmas list, and the youngest one just started shouting at the top of his lungs, Lord, I want a bicycle. I want an Xbox. God, would you please give me an Xbox? And the older brother kind of shushed him. He said, you know, God's not deaf. He said, I know, but Grandpa is. So I hope, I hope you get what you want. Amen. I want to preach today, and I'm going to keep it brief. I know that we've had a little bit more in the preliminaries, but I want to present to you today three Christian, I'm sorry, three Christmas conundrums, three puzzling questions that arise from the gospel account of the story of Jesus that reach into our lives today. These are not just 2,000 year ago conundrums, but they're questions that reach into our lives today. And I, I believe as I was preparing for this, that this would be a great series. But don't worry, I'm not gonna try to preach a whole series to you today. But I wanna preach to you on this thought, how shall these things be? Amen, how shall these things be? If you'll turn in your Bibles, Amen. What's the first one I have up there? Is it, is it Luke or Matthew that I have back there first on my slide? Luke chapter 1. If you'll turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 26. Amen. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26. got a little less square footage up here on the pulpit today, so i got to make sure I get everything in order. And in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David of the virgin's name, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Two times thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the Son. Shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. Shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. How shall these things be? I want to take three particular passages from three of the Gospels and just kind of for a few minutes. I'm not, again, I could preach a whole series one lesson, one sermon on each of them, but I'm going to do my best today to preach for about five to ten minutes on each of them. If you do the math, that's between 20 and 30 minutes you'll be out of here, or at least we'll be done with the preaching. But this first passage of Scripture, when the angel appears unto Mary and begins to describe unto her that she is going to be impregnated by the Holy Ghost, that, that there, there is going to be the seed of of the Holy Ghost that is going to be placed in her and that child that is going to be born is going to be none other than Jesus. He is going to be the one 
that is going to save. Amen. He is going to be the one that will deliver. Amen. And as the angel is making this declaration unto Mary, she makes the response to him and she says, How shall this be? How is this going to be? And she gives explanation that I don't know a man. In other words, she is a virgin. The first conundrum of Christmas and the first question that reaches not just into the nativity and the manger and the stable 2,000 years ago, but reaches into our lives today is simply this. How does a virgin bring forth a child? How does a virgin bring forth a Savior? If there has ever been an impossibility, if there has ever been anything in the history of humanity that was impossible, I know that there are situations that we look at today and we, we call them impossible. Amen. We look at things and say that that, that that is an impossibility. It will never happen. And, and many things that we call impossible are not really impossible. It, they're, they're just going to take a lot of work. It's going to take, take God working on our, in, on our behalf. Amen. But if there has ever been an impossibility in the history of humanity, it would be the ability of a virgin to conceive. Biologically, scientifically, pragmatically, Whatever way you look at it, in every way that's possible to consider it, the ability of a virgin to bring forth a child is impossible. Amen. I don't care what time it was in humanity. Even today, I know they've got some different ways of doing it, but the seed of, uh, of a man still has to be placed into the womb of a woman in order for a child to be birthed. It is impossible for a virgin to give birth to a child. It is an impossibility that a woman, a woman that does never known a man, would conceive and give birth to a savior. Amen. Can I tell you today that Christmas is more than just being about three wise men, shepherds and angels, angels in a field, and some little town of Bethlehem. Christmas is about a mighty God stepping down into a world of impossibility and saying what you called impossible, I can make possible. It's not about presence under a tree. It's not about a fat man fitting into a chimney. It's not about that. It's about an almighty God looking in impossible situations and saying, I know that before I showed up, your situation was impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Mary's conception is not a story that stayed in a stable. It's a story that says to the broken, you can be made whole. It's a story that says to the hopeless, you can have hope. It's a story that says to the devastated marriage that your future can look better than your past because with God all things are possible and a virgin shall conceive and she shall give birth and that child will be a savior. I wonder if anybody's ever looked at an impossible situation and then Jesus stepped in. I wonder if anybody in the building was dealing with an impossible situation and then a Savior was born. Somebody ought to praise him right now for making your impossible situation into a possible situation. You ought to praise him right now because before God showed up, you were an impossibility. Before God was birthed in your life, you were an impossibility. But with God, all things are possible. 
I find in this passage a few keys to how a virgin can bring forth a Savior. Verse number 28, the angel says unto Mary, here's why you're going to give birth to a child, because you are highly favored. And the Lord is with thee. Can I tell you how impossible situations become possible? It's when you are highly favored and the Lord is with thee. When you find favor with God, all things are possible. It's amazing how many people will skip church so they can please their boss. They'd rather go to jobs so that they can find favor with their boss. But your boss can't make an impossible situation possible. There's only one that can make your situation go from impossible to possible, and his name is Jesus. And if I'm going to find favor with anybody, I want to find favor with God. If you're dealing with an impossible situation today, I want to tell you the answer. Find favor in the eyes of God. Stop finding fault with God and find favor with him. Well, I don't go to church because everybody's a hypocrite there. You're finding fault with God. I don't go to church because preachers are all fake and phony. You're finding fault with God. I don't go to church because I don't like all those rules and commandments. You're finding fault with God. You need to reverse the script today. I'm not here today to find fault. I'm here today to find favor. I didn't come to church for hypocrites anyhow. I came to church to find Jesus. I didn't come to church to please a preacher anyhow. I came to church to please Jesus. I wonder if anybody showed up to find favor in his eyes. I wonder if anybody came today not to find fault in your neighbor, but to find favor in Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Almighty God. He is the Everlasting Father. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. When you find favor with God, all things, somebody say all things. Tell your neighbor, not some things, not a few things, not most things, not one or two things. But when you find favor with God, all things are possible. Pastor, how can you preach like that in 2020? I'm going to tell you how because 2021 is about to turn around. Amen. And I know a God who said just because 2020 was a down year doesn't mean 21 can't be an up year. Somebody needs to get some faith in your spirit that when you have favor with God, all things are possible. And he said, because you have found favor, the Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. That ought to put a little bit of confidence in your step. I I don't look at my impossible situation and know that I'm going to make it through because I've got it all figured out. I'm looking at situations right now. I have no idea how it's going to work out. But I know that it is because God is for me. And the Bible told me that if God be for me, who can be against me? Somebody today, you need to know that because a virgin gave birth to a Savior, your situation is possible. You need to know that if you find favor with God, that God is with you. 
Well, my children aren't in church right now. It doesn't matter. If you find favor with God, God is with you. I don't know when it's going to happen, but one of these days they're going to walk down to this altar and they're going to get right with God. How do I know? Because a virgin gave birth to a Savior. My God is the one who can take an impossibility and make it possible. Somebody ought to praise him right now in the middle of your impossibility. In the middle of your marriage being on the ropes. In the middle of your children rebelling against you. You ought to praise God because if you can get God on your side, nothing in this world can stand against you. I don't know what your impossibility is today. It might have been a doctor's report. It might be the rent that you don't know how you're going to pay it. It might be an electric bill. It might be it might be a spouse that you think has lost their mind or they think you've lost your mind. It works both ways. I don't know what your impossibility is today on the 20th of December 2020, but I do know this. Mary taught me a lesson that if you find favor with God, the impossible will become possible. It's important that we read the rest of verse 28. And the angel said to Mary that had found favor in the eyes of God and God was with her. He said, blessed art thou among women. Everybody say among women. He didn't say above women. He didn't say above women. He said among women. You are blessed among women. We need to understand Mary was not better than anybody else. I know that there are some today that worship Mary and they pray to Mary. And I'm not here necessarily to bash anybody, but I'm here to tell you that's not biblical. Because Mary was no more holy than you are holy. Mary was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and she had to get the same Holy Ghost that you and I have to get. Praying to Mary won't move you one step closer to salvation and it won't move you one inch closer to Jesus. Amen. He said, blessed art thou among women, not above women. And if we're not careful when we start finding favor with God, uh, we start thinking that we're better than everybody else. Uh, Amen. God starts working in our lives. Uh, He starts using us and anointing us. uh, And we start looking around at everybody else and thinking that we're better than, hey, I'm no better than the man in the gutter. Uh, I'm no better than the one who is lost. But there's only one difference between me and the one in the gutter, and that is Jesus. He picked me up. He turned me around. Come on, child of God. Blessed are you among humanity. Blessed are you among the world. You're not better than them, but you're blessed, and you're favored, and God wants to use you. When God starts anointing you and using you, don't get all puffed up and think you're all that. Somehow people, if people will treat you better, that means they're closer to God. No, it don't make them no closer to God. Just like praying to Mary, don't get them closer to God. Verse 38, just one more point there that I believe allowed a Savior to be birthed by a virgin. Verse 38, Mary said, behold, after the angel tells her, you're going to give birth to a Savior. And she says, how can these things be? Then Mary says, after all the declaration is made, Mary says this, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. I'm a virgin. I don't understand. It's impossible. But if I found favor and if you say that you're with me, then I believe it. And then she says this, be it unto me according 
But I'm going to tell you why a virgin gave birth to a Savior. Because God knew he could trust Mary. Because when he told Mary that he was going to do something impossible, Mary didn't look back at him and say, my body, my choice. Mary said, so be it unto me, God, if you impregnate me with the Holy Ghost. When God puts something on, it ain't your body, your choice. It's, it's God's will be done. Come on, it's God's I'm not going to abort what God blessed me with. I'm not going to kill what God put in me. I'm not going to destroy what God trusts. God is looking for somebody today that he can trust. God is looking for people in this building today that he can trust. That when he puts his hand on you, you don't look back at him and say, my body, my choice. No, God, I don't like the way you're planning my future. I don't like what you're asking me to do. I'll do it my way. It's my body and my choice. But Mary said, so be it unto me. And I believe if we would get a birthing spirit in this generation rather than an aborting spirit in this generation, the will of God would be done and impossible situations would be made. Don't quit preaching with me now. Anybody still want to help me preach? Somebody, you need to stand up and so, say, so be it unto me. God, whatever you ask of me, not my will, but thine be done. So be it unto me according unto thy word. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm headed toward a series, so let me move to the next point. Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. When he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem. Everybody say, In Bethlehem. Of Judea, because the prophet wrote this way, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. The second conundrum of Christmas, the second question that reaches beyond the pages of history and into our lives today is this question How does the greatest come from the least? How does the great, how does the Savior of the world, how does the king come out of Bethlehem? You see, nobody was expecting this Messiah to come out of Bethlehem. Even though the prophets said it, they still couldn't believe it. The wise men followed the star. Amen. And then they came to a point. The Bible says that at some point as they continued walking, that as they got closer, the star came exactly to the point they needed to go to. If they would have just kept trusting the star, it would have led them to Bethlehem. But somewhere in their pursuits, they let intellect kick in. They let common sense get in the way. And they said, there's no way that a king would be born in Bethlehem. And I know the star isn't leading us to Jerusalem. But common sense says a king will never be born in Bethlehem. If we're going to find a king, we need to go to the capital city of this nation. Bethlehem is the last place that a king would be born. 
But that's the second beauty of the birth of Jesus is that the kingdom of God turns everything upside down. That in the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, in the flow chart of the kingdom of God, the greatest become the least and the least become greatest. Can I tell you what a mighty God we serve? He looked down and said, give me Bethlehem. You can have Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to be born in a stable, not a palace. Give me a manger instead of a throne. But he didn't stop there. He said, give me a shepherd boy to slay the giant. Give me a wheat farmer hiding behind the vat to defeat an innumerable army. Give me a stuttering murmurer to deliver a nation out of Egypt. Give me a weeping prophet to speak to nations. Give me a little boy's lunch and I'll feed 5,000. Give me a virgin and I'll birth a king. Give me a persecutor and I'll give you an apostle. Come on, somebody in this house today, you need to know that God is able to make great things out of the least. You may feel like you've got nothing to offer. You may feel like your past is too messed up. But my God made a statement when he was born in Bethlehem that the greatest things come out of the least of these. I don't know about you, Brother Andre, but every time the anointing comes on my life, I'm reminded because I know my past, I know my failure, and I know there's nobody that deserves to be in this pulpit less than me. I don't deserve to be standing here, but every time God chooses to use me, I'm reminded that great things come out of the least of these. And you may be feeling like you're nobody, and you've got nothing to offer, but great things come. If, if the devil's been beating you up and telling you you're a nobody and a nothing, you ought to stand up right now and let the devil know great things come. Anybody in the building, the devil been lying to you? The devil been pointing to your past. The devil been reminding you of your failure. The devil been telling you all the reasons God can't use you. You ought to stand up and look the devil in the eye and say, a Savior was born in Bethlehem. Great things come from the least. Now the half of you that needed to be clapping weren't clapping. Because you really, you, the enemy has convinced you, oh, he can use pastor. I mean, he, pastor's got a title. I mean, he's been pastor of 14 years. He knows, you know, he, he's got it down pat, but, but he couldn't use me. I, I, I'm just, I'm like Gideon, that wheat farmer hiding behind the fact God could never use me. I'm like that stuttering Moses who can't even speak straight. God would never use me. But let me remind you, God took a stuttering Moses off the backside of the wilderness and set his feet in the courtroom of Pharaoh. And Moses looked in the eyes of Pharaoh and said with confidence, let my, God is looking for deliverers in this hour. Stop disqualifying yourself. A Savior came out of Bethlehem, and God can use you. God is looking to use somebody. That is what Christmas is about. It's not a story that we reenact and inspires us to sip hot cocoa and unwrap presents. It's a story that because a king came out of a manger, because Almighty God robed himself in flesh, that great things come from the least.
Amy, I didn't know you were going to be here today. I pray this pastor gets a hold of you today. I pray something be birthed in your spirit, Damien. Who knows, Damien, you might be the greatest pastor in this last day. Damien, God might put something in your spirit today and raise you up to be the next Apostle Paul. I don't know who it is in this building, but I do know this. The devil doesn't want you to realize that saviors are still born in Bethlehem, that God still uses broken people, that God still raises people up when everybody else has given up on them. Just bump your neighbor and tell them great things come from the least. Oh, I watched Callan up here. Monique, I watched her up here. Hi, Mama. We need to start working. That girl could sing. I heard her. She's not shy. I said, that's little Monique up there. I leaned over to Valor. Monique, I remember a time when the devil thought he had you. The devil, oh, that's just Bethlehem. Ain't nothing good going to come out of Bethlehem. Ain't no Savior going to be. If you're going to follow a star, don't go over there because there's nothing. But look at what God is doing now, Monique. God is restoring you. And God's raising up your baby girl, and God's going to use her. I don't know what God's got in store, but a king was born in Bethlehem. Something great came out of a little town of Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You ought to get a hold of your children right now while the devil's trying to destroy them and speak faith over them, speak life over them. Great things come out of Bethlehem. All right. All right, last one. John chapter 1. Musicians, come on. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Listen, he who he, God, robed in flesh, the same God that on the first day of creation said, let there be light, the same God that reached down into, into the dust and formed humanity and then breathed life. Everybody in this building, you came from the breath of God. I don't care what the experts of our day tell you. I don't care what scientists tell you. I don't care what all the historians tell you. I'm going to tell you, you came by the hand of God. He created you. I didn't evolve from a monkey. I didn't evolve from a couple of cells that started splitting and and some cosmic boom in the atmosphere, and now look at us, here we are. That's not, you might have come from that, but that's, no, no, you didn't either. It's not where you came from. You're not the descendants of primates swinging through trees. You are descendants of an almighty God uh, who made you in his likeness and formed you in his image. But he, the one who reached down into dust and began shaping and began forming, and I believe on that first day when he breathed, Khadijah, he saw you. He saw you thousands of years later, and when he breathed into that first woman, Eve, and gave her life, it was a Khadijah that he saw thousands of years later, and a Mary, and a, and a JB, and all of you in this room. God created you with a purpose and a special design.
And that same God came down. That same God robed himself in flesh. And he was laid there in a manger. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. Oh, but here, I don't get this part. The world that was made by him and the world knew him not. What a conundrum this is. And then he comes unto his own and what did they do? They received him not. And here is my third question, the third conundrum of Christmas. How is the creator of all things rejected by his own creation? How, how, how did it happen? I don't know, I still wonder it on Sundays when the Holy Ghost starts moving and people start checking text messages instead of letting God move in their life. People get, people get distracted. They're thinking about, well, i got to get to the bathroom. There's conviction settling in. And rather than letting the Creator move them, they reject the Creator. I, there's not room for you. He was, he was in the world and the world was made by Him and they received Him. See, they become so busy in their own pursuits. Pastor, I gotta make money. Gotta get a bigger home. Pastor, oh, these things need my time and my attention right now. I've got to get, I've got to focus my later on. There'll be room for Jesus in my life, but not right now. I'm busy. And that's how they missed Jesus 2,000 years ago. That's how they missed the Savior when he walked in sandals and dust from the Galilee seashores kicked up on those sandals, and yet they missed him. Why? Because they were busy pursuing their own pursuits. Jesus showed up in their synagogues and they hushed him and quieted him. They were so fixated upon their traditions of religion. They were so fixed, they were so fixated upon the intricacies of the law that they couldn't make room for grace. And I'm not against the law, but we better make room for grace. I'm not against keeping the commandments of the Lord, but we better make room for grace in our lives as well. Stand with me, and I know, I, I hope. We wouldn't today intentionally reject our Creator. I hope today nobody would intentionally, when Jesus came and said, I, I want to talk to you. I, I want to move in your life. I, once again, I'm coming down to, to commune with humanity. 2,000 years ago, he did it through the person of Jesus Christ. But today, he comes through that Holy Spirit and he moves into our services. And he begins to knock on the doors of hearts. And he says, I knock. I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open up unto me, I will come in and I will sup with him. And, and Jesus is knocking on this Sunday morning. He's saying, that baby that was laid in a manger, here I am again. I was in the flesh 2,000 years ago. But now here I am in the spirit and I want to know is there room for me well I don't know the preachers preached too long today already I've got other things going on in my world our fam family get together after church pastor maybe next Sunday maybe I don't think we would intentionally reject our creator our king and our savior but maybe just maybe we get so busy so focused on our world Jesus, I pray today, creator of all things, every tree, every flower, every sunrise, every sunset, every breath, every time your lungs inhale and exhale, God gave you that breath. The word who spoke it in the beginning and the word became flesh and dwelt among us.
And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And here he is today once again. Do you feel that, the presence of God in this room? The Spirit of God lingering in this house right now asking, come on. I am the creator. I'm the one that in the beginning spoke words. I'm the one that in the beginning and I can take your impossible situation and turn it around. Come on, right now, I can do it. That situation that you're so stressed out that you can't even hear what the preacher is saying. I am the only one that can turn that thing around. I am the one that can speak life into your valley of dry bones. I am the one. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I wonder if somebody could raise your hands at me right. I'm not, I'm not missing Jesus today. I'm not. If you're in a hurry and you've got to get to the restaurant, if you've got plans and you need to get out of here, God bless you, you're dismissed. But I'm not missing Jesus today. The creator is in the house. The one that can speak to marriages that right now are falling apart. He is the one that can touch your marriage and put it back together again. Come on, somebody. Somebody, would you walk down to this altar? A virgin, a virgin gave birth to a savior, a God reached down into humanity and said, I can take your impossibility. Somebody in this building, you're struggling with an addiction that you can't break and you've called it impossible. I'm telling you right now, don't push the savior away. He is the one that can turn that thing around. Come on, Bethlehem. There's a Bethlehem in here today. Somebody in this building, you feel inadequate. You feel like your past is too messed up. God could never use you. You don't have enough talent. You don't have enough ability. And every time God starts to stir in your heart, you reject it. You say, God, I'm, I'm just a Bethlehem. There's no way that a king could be born in my life. I'm, I'm just an insignificant nobody. But God is waiting for you today. Our world needs somebody that would say, I may just be a Bethlehem, but God, so be it unto me. I'm not rejecting you today, Jesus. Come on, would you come down to this altar? Come on, folks, if you're here at the altar, step up here on the platform. Let's make some room. Go ahead, come on, for all of you in the first. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you.